Wake up. If Pay Me in Equity was a person, it would look like Leisha Bell. The queen of deal flow and dishing venture dollars is known in part for the brains behind the $535 million PayPal fund that was generously distributed to the black and brown owned businesses subsequent to the George Floyd hearing. Her extensive background as a capital allocator, aka Tech Money Spinderella, includes Pipeline Angel, BLXVC, Black Girl Ventures, Pharrell's Black Ambition Fund, and Women of Color Capital Collective. And that's just a snippet of what she brings to her current role as a change maker for PayPal Ventures. Leisha Bell is the co-founder of BLXVC, an angel syndicate of moms mobilizing money for black and brown women entrepreneurs. She is the prior deal flow lead for Pipeline Angels, a network of women and femmes. And currently, she leads the Economic Opportunity Fund at PayPal Ventures. For more details, go to www.leishabell.com. Hi, I'm Amanda Schwartz Ramirez. I'm a strategy and operations advisor to emerging tech startups. I'm also a mom of three based in Southern California, and I work all day to help founders realize their dreams by building incredible teams and doing the impossible. Hello, and welcome to Sisters with Ventures, the podcast where we amplify black and brown women who are angel investors. On this show, we will explore what is angel investing, how to become one, and why would you want to be one? We will discuss how the most marginalized women persevered to the very top of the investing spectrum. Whether you're making money moves or barely making money, listen up. I'm your host, Lee Chabelle, co-founder of BLXVC, an angel syndicate run by Black and Latinx women who are on a mission to represent ourselves and claim our seats on cap tables. Stay tuned. morning here in, in California. Welcome to another edition of Sisters with Ventures. I'm so delighted to bring you Amanda Schwartz from Mirrors to the Show. Amanda, say hello. Hello, everyone. Hi, Alicia. Hey. So me and Amanda go back. We used to work together, and she has an amazing career in many, many things that we're going to talk about today. But besides becoming friends at work and having amazing times on several entertaining projects, <laughs> she also, in her private life, does many amazing things in ecosystem building. And so I'm so happy to have you on the show. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your background? Thank you, Leisha. I'm excited to be here with you. So my background, uh, we can get into whatever's helpful or interesting, but I started my career in the music industry and mm-hmm. kind of cut my teeth on being the uh, behind-the-scenes supporter of somebody else's dreams. This was something I'm, I'm just passionate about. My whole career has been the coach and advisor, and um, I found my way into tech coming out of business school um, about 15 years ago now, and it's been a bit of a wild ride since, and so happy to, to click into all of that. What's the craziest thing about the music industry? Uh, the craziest thing about the music industry is just 
the personalities <laughs> and it's not the musicians. It's, it's everything around the musicians. Uh, I, I was on the live music side. I like love concerts. It's pretty yeah. good that I, I cry at every show I'm at. It doesn't matter if it's the roots or like a, a country act. I typically get misty eyed. So it was really all of the different players that kind of revolve around musicians and, and try to right. add value. And it's, it's changed a lot since I've been in that space. But I was ready for something different after yeah. a few years of that. <laughs> right, right. So tell me about how you became exposed to venture capital. Yeah, it was really through angel investing. So when I got into tech, I think, you know, an important part about my background is that I grew up in my dad's business. So entrepreneurship essentially was a part of my values growing up. Like I, I saw it as a kid. I was always there when I was like six years old, filing papers or answering phone. That's all I knew. You know, you start, you have a dream, you set a goal, you start a business, people help you along the way. And I learned from my dad, all of the various people in his life that helped him along the way at these very pivotal points. And so when I got into tech, it was, I was in a few struggling startups in Los Angeles that were going nowhere fast. And I learned a lot about what that looked like to be too early and to have the wrong team. Lots there. And then <laughs> in 2011, I joined PayPal and there was so much to do, so much to learn, so much to see. But right. after I was there for 10 years. And so when you and I met, I was, yeah, it was, maybe I was halfway into that journey when you and I met. There was a whole... You know, I moved around in the company a lot. I had a lot of roles at PayPal. And halfway through that, I, I felt this like need to get closer to the entrepreneurial journey. And mm. it, it felt like there's everything PayPal's doing, which is incredible. But what's happening in the market? What are the entrepreneurs doing and why? What does it matter to them? What are the dreams that are getting pursued by founders of different backgrounds that have expertise that's being untapped? So that was my initial quest was like, how do I help them? Right. And that was through angel investing. I mean, it, that's quite, it was quite the journey to get there though. Did you like, one, you had to realize you're accredited and that you could angel invest. That's right. Two, you had to figure out who to call or what group, like how did you, Yeah, it's not easy. No. And it is so intimidating. I started reaching out to anybody in my network that called themselves called themselves an angel investor online. So that was through, I'm not like super active on Twitter, but I was like, I guess I have to be because this is where everybody is. So I jumped there, a lot of LinkedIn outreach. And I, I mean, some people agreed to talk with me and I'm still grateful to them to this day. It was mostly folks that like men, you know, they had nothing to do with like, we didn't have a ton in common in terms of like our paths. and. They had been like VCs. And I was like, can you help me? You said, hey, I want to be an angel investor. I said, yeah, how did you get started? And, um, you know, what does it take to add value? And I knew I wanted to, I never approached it from the, I want to make money standpoint because I, I'm just, I'm not really a finance person. I really wanted to be supportive of somebody else's dream and on the entrepreneurial journey. Like that was really what drove me to it. It's like, I wanted to get closer to that in my nights and weekends to learn yeah. more. And, you know, I, so I started to learn, I ended up getting Jason Calacanis's book, Angel. And I read that end to end. I listened to all of his pods. And then I just found my way onto AngelList and started 
like jumping into syndicates and reaching out to syndicate leads and reading deal memos. And I was very much on the outside. It was, there was nothing, there was no invitation. (laughs) That's what I want to get to, right? There is usually, unless it's in your network already, right? How do you get in? So how do you get validated in these groups? Is it like when you start writing checks or when you, you know, provide value? Like what is, what is that there? Because I feel like there's all kinds of unspoken operating mechanics in these groups. There is. How do you source a deal and pass it on even if you're not, you know, if you don't have the capital to invest in it? That's, that's a really tricky thing to do. Um, how do you use your industry expertise without creating a conflict of interest. So there was this, like, I was still an employee at a large, really well-known corporation. Right. And I had all this, like, on paper, all this fintech experience, but I didn't know what to do with that because I couldn't go out there and say, oh, I want a bunch of fintech deals. I actually, that it wasn't appropriate for me as an employee of a fintech company to do that. Right. And so I, I spent probably two years just trying to translate my experience that I developed into like value propositions that were real and tangible for Mm. founders. And then I spent even more time trying to like cultivate deal flow through VCs and founders directly. And that was almost like step two for me. Then they call that a scout, right? There's a technical. Yeah. I've never formalized that though. I don't even know what that arrangement looks like. For me, it's always been this like finding VCs that I like vibe with and then I like spending time with and then I I respect and then having like building really long-term relationships and then just like informally sourcing for them. And then when they find something that's interesting, they will kind of informally pull me in. It's never been for any carry or anything. I don't even know how to formalize something like that. And I almost don't want to because I didn't, I never got to a place where I had a preference for one VC firm. Mm-hmm. It was always like, I like her, that VC. Right. <laughs> yeah, I, I think, you know, I, I admire and I, I, I think we're in the same boat. Like it's a labor of love. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, and I know some people do this with compensation, but we don't. Um, no. You know, it's just like really connecting people to ecosystem and, and yeah. utilizing your network, right? So I know you gave me the call about Young King. After yeah. Um, so that let's talk about that a little bit because that's exciting. I a love show. them. Yeah, they're amazing. Cora is incredible. She's a force. Uh, she and I went to high school together. What? So that's that's how like these things happen. Those are the best deals where it feels like just total serendipity. Yeah. And you you stumble on somebody that you're like, Oh yeah, you're amazing. What are you up to? And so Cora and I didn't speak for 15. I think we, I went back and looked through our threads. It was like, Hey, I haven't talked to you in 16 years. How are you doing? I mean, that's, or it's, and she's moved on and built this beautiful life, like on the East coast, I'm here on the West coast. So, yeah. um, but I was at the all race summit and there was this gift bag that we received and I was there again, just to make friends. Like who are like the female VCs that I should be friends with? This is literally my only source of deal flow right now. So I I show up to things like that. And, um, 
And in the gift bag, there was something from Young King Hair Care. And I had registered that in my memory previously that that's Cora. And I, I remember seeing that she had built this company and I was just so proud of her. And I was like, that's so amazing that it's like, that is the entrepreneurial journey that I get so excited about. Like see a problem that no one's solving, like have this unique insight into like, what is the right solution for that? And then actually be able to execute on that. Like that's really rare and really beautiful. And so I reached out to just congratulate her and she was fundraising at the time. And so that's like the timing and luck of it all. And obviously lots of luck in that story. But um, I also knew it was top of mind that what you were doing with your syndicate and your focus on moms and your focus on finding founders that needed to connect to like their unique market and their opportunity. And so it just, it started to like, these things start to click sometimes. And I was so excited to connect you. Yes. Yes. So we end up doing a, a good raise for Young King that we're very proud to be investors in. Um, yeah. So that worked, you know? It did. Yeah. I love it. Um, why do you think impact is important? Social impact, um, yeah. supporting marginalized founders? Yeah, because, I mean, I go back to my dad's story. It's really important to have like networks of support. Like there were many times in his entrepreneurial journey that he kind of like looked around and needed to get like a little bit of help over here or a partnership over there. And without that, it just wouldn't have worked. And so I'm always looking for opportunities to like create that for other people. And I don't know, like in my journey where I would be if I didn't have somebody who basically took a chance on me. And I feel like there were many parts in my story that, you know, I came from something that like on paper wasn't incredibly exciting or the norm or the pattern that makes sense for the path that I took. Mm -hmm. And somebody was like, oh yeah, I, I can see a little bit of potential there. And so I feel like strongly that that's just a part of my personal mission to do that for others. And I try whenever I can to, um, so that's the way I look at impact. I feel like um, it's really easy to just stay within the patterns that you have and just kind of rinse and repeat. And that leads to a very boring world. So right. I feel like we need to shape another one very aggressively. <laughs> and here we are. Right. Um, so I was very sad when you told me you were leaving PayPal because I, I was leaving my beef off. My best friend at work. Um, and you left us bigger and better things. <laughs> Can you share a little bit about what what you got into after that journey? I, yeah, so I um, I spent some time in the crypto space, and I, I spent some years at at PayPal, just having crypto be this like side project that yeah. I was, you know, just my extracurricular for many years, and then in the last like. Six months, it became my full-time job when PayPal leaned into the crypto space and stood up a, a whole business unit. And so I was really excited to be a part of that. And I was also reaching the kind of decade mark. So it really made sense to start thinking about what was next. And for me, it was just going all in on crypto all day. So I joined a, a venture-backed startup that was in scaling mode, which is like a perfect use for my skills, which is strategy and ops. Okay. Did that for like nine months. 
worked for like 90 hours a week for nine months. My family missed me. <laughs> the startup grind is no joke. It's, it's no joke. It's also a beautiful thing when the fit is right. I got to a place where I was actually pregnant with my um, daughter, who is now almost a year. And it was it was not the time for me. So I tested this thesis that can I just do the job that I was doing at PayPal, but with these startups across multiple companies. And I started advising and have basically over the last 18 months built a small advisory practice where I work with lots of crypto companies, but also just other fintechs and other emerging tech founders in scaling strategy operations, all the things that go along with that. And that's my full-time thing. So is crypto dead? No way. No winter. Never. So crypto is really exciting right now. Um, if you're following the space, PayPal just made an, an enormous announcement this week with uh, with their stablecoin efforts. Woo, 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 uh, woo. Congratulations to PayPal. It's congratulations to the team, BCDC. Right. It's amazing. But what is that going to do? What do, you, what do you think about? That release, are we going to change the game? Yeah, absolutely. You know, there's like, there are, there are lots of parts of crypto that are no longer um, as active, which is great. The speculative, like casino tokening, that's all died down and, and lots of teams that were just building really interesting stuff, which is mostly infrastructure related, are still on their journeys and building, building, building. Now with PayPal coming in with a stable coin, and all of the might of the PayPal network, you now have the opportunity to almost live out the promise of the earliest days of, of Bitcoin, which we were talking about 12 years ago, which mm -hmm. is sending money seamlessly across borders or micropayments or paying gig workers globally. Or There's so many use cases that are very payment specific that are now doable with this combination of PayPal plus a stable coin. And I couldn't be more excited about crypto right now. There's so many interesting um, use cases that really matter and that are actually going to become real in the next like 12 to 18 months would be my guess. And then there's lots of things that are just no longer relevant. And so we'll see what happens in this space. Like I'm still full two feet in. It's um, I think it's a good time to be focused on You're crypto. So I am. What about AI? What about the AI? Yeah, yeah I, I, I'm also very excited about AI. Honestly, I'm spending probably 40% of my time just learning about AI things and doing like some spot advisory things on like helping teens get up to speed on Gen AI and what it means for them. I feel like you have to know it. You have to get in there, start learning, start using the technology and um, and follow it closely enough that you can just stay smart on what it means for today. I don't think everyone needs like this bulletproof strategy for what it means, but just some hands-on experience is super helpful because it's coming faster than than crypto. It's yeah. coming faster than a lot of tech um, in this space. I think AI has been, I mean, especially in the form of Chat GPT. Um, has been just way more digestible than crypto. Mm. Um, crypto is a complicated, complex, multi-layered right. thing. And I think in the application, I mean, I used to work at a machine learning startup. I mean, it's not yeah. that 
hasn't been around, but in its application, it's practical, right? Mm-hmm. You know, it just, it's like wildfire. Um, yeah. So I'm excited about that too. And I'm eager to learn as much as I can um, yeah. about the space. How do you learn? How do you learn? What kind of tools do you use? Um, I'm just constantly like doing weird ambient things all day where while my kids scream in my face. So like podcasts, (laughs) it's, you know, mostly I try to go on walks and listen to podcasts because you have to leave and come back. But I think this is where angel investing is super helpful. So if you set your course to want to learn a space and you're really dedicated to supporting founders in a particular area, you can learn just by by doing that, by listening to pitches, by applying your skill set within the context of those pitches and following through and, and helping by writing small checks. Like this is one of the best ways to learn a new space. And it, it may not translate into like your next big thing. I think it's easy to make a bet on AI right now, but it's hard to make a bet on a specific AI company. So, yeah. you know, come in with the idea of learning. And I think that you end up getting pretty far. Yeah, that's great. That's great advice. I appreciate that. Um, so our time always goes by really fast here. Um, so I always like to close out the show with, what would you tell little Amanda? <laughs> little girl Amanda. Um, stay, stay loud. You know, my, my parents never told me to, like, tone it down. I was yeah. always very bossy and like I was always pretty loud and I, I would say stay loud. Like I have a daughter now and I'm excited to cultivate the bossiness in her and the confidence yeah. to go out there and just learn whatever she's interested in. And um, I know you're doing the same. So it's, I think that's really what it is in this world. Just stay bold. <laughs> exactly. Bold and loud. I think those are yeah. two very important descriptors. Yeah. Oh, uh, anything else? How can people find out about you, your advisory practice? They want to learn more. What's the best way? Sure. So um, gardenlabs.xyz is my advisory practice. Um, I also publish a a newsletter uh, semi-regularly at thinkinginquarters.com. And that's for anyone interested in strategy and operations and is on the COO track. So uh, feel free to follow me there. If, um, If you'd like to get in touch, I'm pretty accessible on LinkedIn as a platform. So go ahead and reach out. Perfect. Well, that's a wrap. It's been a lovely conversation uh, with Amanda Schwartz-Ramirez, who is my former co-worker. She's my fellow investor. I guess she's also my venture scout. I mean, <laughs> of course, and forever um, friend. I feel like forever hip hopper, lover of 90s <laughs> hip hop, all of that. Um, uh, such a fun, such a fun person. I'm so glad to know you, and thank you for all the work that you're doing, and thank you for being a face and representation in crypto and all the other things. We appreciate you. Thank you for everything you're doing, and uh, it's always fun. Thanks again. And that's a wrap. Thank you for listening to the show. Please subscribe, tell a friend, check us out, let the world know. You can find out more information about this podcast at LeeChabelle.com. And remember, be an angel, invest.